Welcome to the Men Matter Focus on Friends, the Director's Cut. On the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, we give a fast five questions to organizations and resources that are particularly helpful to the spiritual man. Here, we go a little deeper with our guests and for you, the listener, more information and a better understanding of their mission. And now for the Focus on Friend Director's Cut. Hi, everyone. I am Michael Cropper, and I'm one of the directors with Man Up Media. Now, in the Director's Cut, we interview a leader who is involved with a ministry for Jesus Christ. And I'm going to talk with Davey Gibson, a minister at Sugarland Baptist Church. Uh, I met Debbie, Davey one Sunday morning many years ago before church when I was drinking coffee. I had seen Davey on Sunday mornings hustling around the church before the church service began. And he stopped by to shake my hand in a very exuberant manner, as he always does. And he said, uh, good morning. I, I remember I responded very quickly. And I said, you've lost weight, haven't you? And he grinned and he said, yes, I started running. Well, that struck a chord with me because I have been running off and on for about 50 years. And I immediately liked Pastor Davey. So let's meet Pastor Davey Gibson. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, would you would you like to make a comment before I start into questions? Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, Pastor Gibson? Oh, sure, sure. Well, and I appreciate you bringing up the running. Um, I did just finish the um, the Texas Independence Relay um, from Gonzales to Brenham this last weekend with a number of folks from the church. And so, um, uh, what are you showing I, us? What are you holding? Oh, up that there? was the mug. That was the mug we got for being there. It was the come and take it mug. And I realized that it's in mirror now for my camera. So, but we started in Gonzales, Texas. So for those that appreciate Texas history, Gonzales is a community was very key to the, um, the Texas uh, fight for independence back in um, 1830s and 40s in our state. And so we started at that historical marker there and ran all the way to Brenham, Texas, about 185 miles um, as the crow flies and as the county roads are all the way up uh, just um, north of, of Interstate 10 here in, in, in Texas. And uh, Brenham is home of Bluebell ice cream, Michael. And so people run for a lot of different reasons. And um, I ran for ice cream this weekend. And so there was 12 of us. We it was a relay race, so I did not run all those miles myself, but I ran three five-mile legs, and it was a lot of fun. But I am a little sore today. I'll try to power through our interview. So, yeah. um, But thank you for that introduction. I enjoyed um, – I, I remember us our, our, our conversation there at the Trinity Cafe. That was several years ago, Michael. And so yeah. um, I've been at the church for um, almost 12 years now. I'm the um, adult education and discipleship pastor, which means I get to work with – all of our Bible study small groups here at the church. Um, I came here as the student minister back in 2009, worked with teenagers and then young adults, and then working with all of our adult and uh, all of our education ministries here at the church. And so um, Sugarland Baptist Church has been um, the church I've spent the most time in my, in my ministry in. Um, and so I've been here longer than any other church and I feel very blessed to serve alongside folks like you and Bill and Steve and Robert and Kyle and and, and all the various uh, leaders we have here at the church, so. Yeah, I've been there since 2010, so I would have just missed you. Well, you said you were with the youth youth ministry at that time? Yes, came in and worked with the teenagers, so that's grade 6 through 12 here at the church, and I was, and, and I had been in youth ministry for about 12 years, and okay. then came here um, as youth minister for a few years, and then um, I moved into what they called young adult ministry at the time. That was basically college through 
um, parents of elementary age students. And okay. so um, worked with the, the, that age demographic and then um, um, then got moved again. So I sometimes joke there's church is still trying to figure out what I can do. I'm on my <laughs> third different job here. And okay. so <laughs> I'm just thankful they continue to allow me to serve the Lord here. So we are glad you're there. Um, does does Sugarland Baptist Church have a mission? Absolutely, we do. Can, can um, you uh, tell us about that or what it is? Yes, yes. So I would say our, our our mission involves connection, and that's one of the things I love about my my role here is is all the ways I get to see people connect with one another. But we simply say we are connecting people with God, with others, and with the world, and so we think that really formulates the Acts one um, eight challenge that Jesus or that Dr. Luke gives us in his in the first chapter of his second volume, um, Acts, um, where he says, um, and Jesus says, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and ends the earth. And then that basically formulates the rest of the book of Acts as we see the church come together to worship, first of all, mm-hmm. God, and then to come together to support and and walk with one another and then ultimately spread out into the world. And so that's why we say we're here to connect with God, with others and with the world. Do you feel like you're making a difference? You feel like the church is making a difference? Either one of those, because it's hard sometimes to personally speak for ourselves, but do you feel like the church is making a difference? I know it's grown tremendously. I do think we're making a difference. I think we're in a time period that's very crucial for the church, Michael, as as I think the scorecard that we may have been used to of numbers in a building has, has changed slightly over the year. Um, yes. And and it's and and so I think churches and and ministries within those churches that aren't dedicated to just how many people we can put in a room or in a sanctuary are mm-hmm. going to see a greater impact in the coming months and years as we look at what post pandemic life is going to be. And so, as as I was listening to someone talk about it last week, they talked about churches are built for for gatherings previously. We, we are all about, and especially as preachers, we want, we want um, seats in the seat. You know, we want to see those people. We want to see those faces. Well, then all of a sudden, over a year ago, there was no one in those seats and we had to kind of readjust and rethink. And so I think, um, you know, the example I've also heard too, is that, that the churches are built like, uh, or were set up um, kind of like cable TV was, you know, if you weren't home, at seven o'clock on Thursdays, you miss Seinfeld every week and you had to hear about it. But mm-hmm. none of us pattern our lives after what's on TV. I mean, I mean, everything is on demand and streamed. And, and so we need to start saying we're not as built as much for gathering, but we're built for connection. And I think yeah. that's one of the biggest differences that we can make as a church is how do we make meaningful connections with individuals? And sometimes that's a face-to-face connection. And that is being together in the room. But there's also a connection you and I have right now as we share church together. And we we talk about what it is to be Christian. This is a meaningful connection. And so I think that's going to be the key as we say, how do we make a difference? We need to say, how do we make that, that, that we, how do we make those meaningful connections? And so that's what I hope Sugarland Baptist has done in this last year through our, through our volunteer tech team that's been live streaming all of our services, through all of our Bible study leaders that completely went digital overnight and said, right. we're going to talk to our computers and treat it just like our class. And we're going to trust that all these boxes 
are, are going to be meaningful connections, and I think they have been. And so as we've continued to see um, Bible studies take place and, and spiritual growth take place, that yes, we've made a difference there because of our the connections. So I think that's a real big, real, real, real key to who we are as a church. Uh, David Gibson, what do you see as a current state of men of faith? And that's a very broad concept, men of faith. Well, I, you're right. It's 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 a very very broad question, but um, that that's the beauty of 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 faith is is it it permeates every part of our lives. You know, we we it does. and, and yeah. so I think one of the challenges. Um, for, for to to be a, a any to be a person of faith to be a man of faith is is taking you know we've we've called it a lot of different phrases taking it to the streets or going outside the walls or but but being a person being the same person on, on Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday that we are on Sunday so I yes. think it's allowing our faith to permeate um, every part of our lives which which is a challenge because it, you know there there are times that that we are um, confronted with with um, various and, and I, I hate to use the word persecutions because thankfully we are not faced with some of the persecutions our brothers and sisters are all over the world. Absolutely. But yeah, there are sure. still um, challenges and trials and, and, and major points of, of conflict in our everyday business life, our family life, perhaps even, even who we are in the neighborhoods that, that um, you know, will, will conflict with sometimes who we think we're called to be as people of faith. And so I, I do think you can look at the world today and start to say, um, you know, where is it all going? It's not the world like we used to know, <laughs> you know, it's not the way things used to be. I remember one of my professors saying, um, it seems to be um, that more and more each day, the world looks a lot like the New Testament world that God decided to birth his church into. And so when you look back mm -hmm. to the pluralistic world of Rome and what it was like when Jesus walked this earth as a man, as a man of faith, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was born into a culture that was the minority, a, a conquered culture, if you will. The Jews did not have their own, um, their own land, their own particular government or or way of doing things. They had some religious freedom, really, because they had pestered the Romans enough. They just kind of got sick of it. But there was a huge fortress, Antonia, that overlooked the temple just to make sure everything happened the way it was supposed to. And you better believe if Caesar could needed to, he'd squish him like the like a bug. And, yes. and and so, you know, when you think of the current state, and if we ever start to feel like we're a minority. I look back to the way things were in, in those days and go, this is when God did his greatest work. This is when God launched this. God sent his son and launched his church. And so if God can use even the pagan Roman world in which to birth his church, maybe there's hope for America and the church here as well. Maybe we have the opportunity to do some countercultural things as well. And so when I think of the current state of men of faith, I think of the word countercultural. I think we have to go against the grain. We have to be people that are unashamed of who we are, that remembers Jesus saying, and I had to look it up here real fast, just so don't think I'm one of those guys that can quote scripture at a drop of a hat, although I wish I could. It's a John 15, 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. 
And so I think it's an ongoing challenge that we have to realize that, yeah, we sometimes want to be loved by everyone, but that's not what God's called us to. God's called us to be, to be different. And so uh, a man of faith needs to be counterculture. A man of faith needs to be one that stands strong and stands for their family and stands most importantly for what they know God has called them to, to do and called them to be, even in the face of some of those things that, that, that we implied earlier, the things that fly against us. So, Do you think it's changed over the years? Because Right. You actually came up to date and said the same thing. We have to be men of faith. We have to be strong. We have to be aware that we're not here to make everybody happy. Well, my opinion and 50 cents doesn't get you a Coke anymore, Michael, but I'm happy to give it both okay. a Coke and my opinion. Um, okay. You know, I, I do think society is always changing. I, I love history. And so if you want to start talking about the history going as far back as, as we want to, I love getting to talk history. I love this. And I think one of the reasons I love history is because of story. You know, I love the, the, the compelling stories when you hear about, about heroes and you think about Western history or even U.S. history. Or, you know, we, we joked at the beginning of our, of our time about, or not joked, I was talking about our running. And I talked a little bit about Texas history. And we love those stories. They draw us in. They inspire us. They give us um, standards of 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 who we of what we would might aspire to be even be like. And so I love history, and I think history is always changing and and repeating itself in a lot of the times. Um, so yes, I do think there has been change over the years, and there's natural change that's going to happen as technology advances, as culture advances, as 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 the world even shrinks too. Part of our history has been the influence of other cultures on our own culture. And of course, America's been a melting pot since its inception, but originally it was a, a melting pot from the Western European countries. And now it has become a melting pot from so many other cultures and countries. And so um, that brings a diversity of ideas and it brings a diversity of culture and, and a richness and it brings change. And um, change is challenging. But the, there's, there is a constant in all that, though, and I do think, and that's going to be the church. Um, there's, there's, and so as much as I think the, 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 the culture changes, I think the challenge is for the church to continue to stay true to who God has called us to be and, and to look for ways that we're able to continue to be the presence of Christ, continue to, to, to show his love and forgiveness and mercy um, every every opportunity we get to, to remind people that God is for us. There's a verse in Romans where God says uh, through Paul, if God is for us, or where Paul says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I don't, I don't um, uh, want anyone to ever cross words out of the Bible, Michael. But yeah. in that phrase, if God is for us, that's kind of a rhetorical question, right? We know yeah. God is yeah. for us. Yeah. And so I kind of want to take my Bible and cross out the word if, and just read, God is for us. And I think that's the, the, the message the church needs to give, is God is for us. And that doesn't just mean us, Texans, Americans, people from Sugarland or Baptist, but God is for people. God is for anyone he loves, and that's everyone, anyone he died for. He died for all. And so I think that's the message the church needs to preach, is God is for you and desires to have a relationship with you. And has done everything he can do that. So I feel like I kind of beat around it a little bit, but yes, society has changed, but I hope the message of the church is not. Yes, absolutely. Um, what do you see as the biggest challenge to get men involved? And I suppose, again, that can be very general. Let's say, let's say with the church or get them involved 
with men ministries, anything like that? Do you, what, what do you see? Well, first of all, it needs to be something that appeals to guys. Um, you know, I, I think it needs to be something. So just from a church standpoint, finding ways that we can speak to guys and, and, and speak the language that, that guys are going to be listening for and, and ready to understand. We, we don't like admitting we don't understand things. I mean, the, we, don't read, we don't need to read the instructions. We can figure it out. You know, we, we don't want to have to stop and ask for directions. And so I think one of the things is um, if we don't understand something, we usually just run away from it. Um, and, and, and I'll, I'll take some flack here, but, you know, just think of the sports we watch. I, I don't understand soccer and I don't understand hockey. So, you know what? I don't watch it. I mean, these, these are sports. The rest of the world follows religiously and knows passionately. I don't, I don't do that. I don't want to do that because I don't get it. And so yeah. rather than seek out ways that I can join in these sporting movements all over the world, I just don't do it. Now I'm a Texan. I mean, you know, Friday night lights, football, basketball, baseball, all that. But so I just think that's a good example. We, so one of the barriers is when we don't understand something, we don't, we don't want to mess with it. it, we, it we just, and we don't want to appear like we don't understand something. That's, that's, that we equate that with our manliness or our, just with our, with our value as a human being. And so, um, I think, you know, that that's a challenge is, is how do we how do we make sure we're speaking a language guys understand and will want to interact with and will want to have an opportunity to um, to seek out and to, and to have some kind of thing there. I think the other thing that that the other barrier that when it comes to um, getting men involved in church is is and this kind of kind of builds on that is we need to be doing things guys want to do. Um, you know, it's, it's, and that's one of the things I love about our, our spring barbecue at the church when we just get together and, you know, we're going to cook a bunch of meat and, and, and get to visit and, you know, be around, you know, we guys aren't just going to pick up the phone and say, so Michael, how you doing? What's up? You know, why'd you call? I need a reason. (laughs) You know, I mean, and so I think doing things that actively engage guys and the passions they're in. Um, I saw a men's ministry one time a number of years ago that was built around hunting, uh, uh, hunting. And so, um, you know, every meeting they had, they'd bring in a different game warden or a different, you know, hunting expert to talk about. It. And they just met monthly and they'd have a, a brief talk about about, you know, the mating habits of the white-tailed deer or something. I don't know. And I, I'm not a hunter. And, 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 but then they do that for 30 minutes and then someone would stand up and share a testimony and guys came by the droves. I, I mean, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Just because That's it true. was in somebody's guitar, I mean, in somebody's garage and they were going to talk about hunting and they were going to stand around the grill and then share Jesus. And, and so it's kind of, we, we've got to meet men where they are and in the passions they have. And so whether it's hunting or sports or, or, or computers or, or cars or what, whatever that is, it's finding ways to connect with guys and how that they will be able to to understand what's being said and that you show, you show their value, you show the worth of of what, of who they are and what they love. So. It may be easier than we think. We're just overlooking it. And that's what you're saying. I agree with you. I've seen on YouTube, I've seen, Meetings of Christians where they get together, they share fishing techniques, they share hunting techniques, and the men love it. It's just a chance for men to get together and talk together. What changes do you think men ought to make, whether it's in their family or in in their area, their work, anything? Uh, Do you see any uh, thing that comes to your mind right off that would would give us direction uh, 
that would cause us, I guess, to be uh, more involved. You know, we, we kind of talked about uh, some of the, the, the ways that we can, as a church, corporately engage um, men and we, you know, with, the, you know, with passions, making sure that we're, we're making it a, a available for guys at, at, a, at a level that they'll be able to understand and build on. I mean, we're not trying to dumb things down. I don't, you know, say that, but, you know, that we're saying that we're, we're recognizing that we need to, to meet guys where they are on, a, on, you know, as a corporate level, I think individually, you know, and one of the, one of the greatest challenges for all of this is, is probably just being vulnerable with one another. Um, you know, making a, a real, taking the risk of relationship and, and, and opening ourselves up to allow other guys to know our hopes and dreams and fears and, and, and struggles. And, it, you know, I mean, I think that's what you, you see um, it, the example given from, from even the disciples, you know, and, and taking, you talk about men's ministry, let's go look at what Jesus did as a men's ministry. Jesus was the first men's minister. I mean, he mm-hmm. gathered a bunch of guys together and said, "Hey, let's 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 do this walk together." And he physically walked with them, but they shared life together all along the the dusty roads of Palestine. And you know, he met them where they were in their fishing boats, and even in their thieving tax collecting business. And he had a he had a gun toting zealot rebel in there in the in 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 um, the. Uh, 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 Judas, the zealot, Judas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We well, had, uh, I think you had two Judas, right? You had one well, yeah, Judas Iscariot, and then there was the zealot. Yeah, I can't it's even. Simon the zealot. Simon, Simon, thank you. Yeah. No, and I think I think there was two Judas too. I see. In, there in, were two in Judases. There were details. Judas. Yes, one was the uh, the the rebel or the the um, right. Well, I was thinking of Simon the zealot because I mean yeah, the, zealots, the, zealot. the, the the zealots were people that um you know were were, um, you know, they, they were the, the almost the assassins for the Jews. You know, they were always looking for a way to stick it to Rome, pointy in first. And, <laughs> and so, um, you know, they, they were they were they were seeking radical political change. And yet Jesus called these people and said, I he sees he saw something in them from the very beginning that that I think is one of the best things that we get to do and changes we need to make is is to be willing to make those those, those be vulnerable, those to, to get to know one another, to say, these are my hopes, my dreams. And then I want to make this change and encourage you to make that change too, because God doesn't just say, Hey, come follow me and, and leave us. He, he asks us to follow him and continue to become more like him. And I think that's, that's one of the things that we need to, to be looking for forward as we start to look forward as, as a church is how do we continue to grow disciples, make people that are, are encourage people to make changes that make them more and more like like Jesus. All right. Um, so what what do you see as the payoff of being a man of faith? Or, or do you see there yeah. any particular subject or idea as a payoff for us who are men of faith? Um I, I think I think um joy and that's that's not a manly answer. <laughs> but but it is it's, it's what it's what we all search for um you, you know it's it, but joy is is more than just happiness yeah, exactly exactly it's more than just happiness it's um i think it's it's being plugged into something greater than ourselves you know that's what we see when we watch you know some of those great you know band of brother movies and sports movies when you know it's guys pulling together and being a part of doing more together than you could possibly do on your own. 
and and Christianity is not for lone rangers. And so, you know, I, I, I don't think I had a preacher one time say you can be a Christian and not go to church. You can be a Christian and not go to church, Michael, but you mm-hmm. can't be a, you can't be a good one. You cannot yeah. be the Christian God has called you to be and made you to be without having brothers at your side encouraging you. And being plugged into something greater than yourself equals joy. Because mm-hmm. on my own, I only seek my own happiness. But when I'm looking out for my brother, and I know my brother's looking out for me, that's, the source, that, that's a source of strength that I can't find inward. I can't turn inward. I can't even find it just in the things of the world and, you know, having the, the best hunting trip or fishing trip or sporting experience that only comes from, from a, a connection that we have together. And so I think that's the benefit. That's the payoff. The payoff is that I get to experience this life with a greater joy than I could ever imagine, because I know it's something, it's not just about me. It's about me looking out for others, others looking out for me. It's about being in this, in this trench together and, and, and doing this life together. So you get involved with other people, right? Is it, this what you're telling us? There's a quote by Dr. Eugene Peterson. He's the one that wrote the message version of scripture. If anyone likes to read the message. And he mm-hmm. said simply alone, I go fast, but together I go far. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, we, we're, we're playing the long game here. And I can do something for myself right now, make a lot of money, get really healthy, do, do all kinds of things that make me feel good in the temporary and the, the, in the now. But if I'm focusing on the, the eternal or even in the long game of my earthly life, it's got to be lived in community. It's got to be lived with God's word as, as, as the, the foundation of my life, but how that inter- and how I interact with other people, you know, that word was written to a community. It was written to the group. We just finished studying Philippians and man up, or we're right. finishing it up now that Paul didn't just write to one person in Philippi. He wrote to everyone. And so it was received in community. And we do the same thing when we come together in Bible study, we receive God's word in community. That's why we need one another. I agree. Yes. Uh, you've given us a lot of information. We thank you. Michael, do you, you. Uh, do you have any final takeaways you would like to share with us? The bottom line for being a man of faith is applying it. It's not just having the head smarts. It's how does my faith impact my, 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 my politics? How does my faith impact my work life and my work, my work life and my ethics? How does my faith impact my family? And I think that that's one of the things that I took away just when you were kind of asking these questions and, and kept talking about society and things like that is it's not just faith in a vacuum. And I think that's one of the greatest things man up gives us is it's not just faith in a vacuum. It's let's ask a hard question. You know, let's wrestle with this. I would rather us wrestle with something and say, we don't know the answer than just to say, Oh, I don't, I don't think we should talk about that. That, that We don't have an answer for that. You know, no, I, I think God wants us to wrestle with his word. He gave us minds to expand and, and to learn and to grow and to think. And so I, I hope and pray we get to continue to be a place that answers or at least attempts to that wrestles with the hard questions. Yes. Pastor Davey Gibson, we are so thankful that you joined us today and spent time uh, answering a lot of questions we threw at you. Uh, how do we contact or get involved or support Sugarland Baptist Church? 
Can you tell us that? And of course, what's the dress, I guess? Well, I'm, I'm throwing out several questions there. So I hope there's, you can, a, there's yeah. a tab on our website that says give now. And so didn't okay. that what the preacher is supposed to ask for every time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the virtual uh, a, a plate. Is that what you're asking? Is that what you're That's right. <laughs> there's, okay. there's so many ways we want to be able to connect with people, Michael. And I think that starts really with that digital connection. And, and, and we, we've got a website, sugarlandbaptist.org. And um, you can find out more about all the different ministries of our church. Um, okay. You can also click on a button up at the top that says watch live. And, and we truly believe that we make those, those connections together through those digital platforms. Um, and, and that's kind of starts with our worship service at 945 every Sunday morning. And that happens in the building. That also happens on Facebook. That happens on YouTube. It happens on our website. And so I think the, the first way you get involved is to find out more about us and, and let us know more about you. There is a digital connection card that we offer to guests that will um, get information that allow us to have your contact information and that we can reach out to you there. And so, but, but we, we, we do feel that the most important connections take place in small groups. All right. We want to thank Davey Gibson, the associate pastor of education discipleship at Sugarland Baptist church, the church from which the Mana podcasts originates uh, folks, thank you for joining us today. This has been a Men Matter segment of the, the Man Up podcast, a spiritual oasis for men, which we call the Director's Cut. And once again, thank you, Pastor Gibson. We are so thrilled to have you join us. Uh, everyone have a great day and a great afternoon.